everyone thank you you guys for joining me here today the reason of my podcast today is i want you guys all to know that i'm a chingona and here are the chingonas that made la chingona chingona so let's start off with jenna jenna ozos she's a badass woman mujer porque let me tell you why so How I met Jenna is we were getting part of the YDA, and so I really wanted to be politically involved in the Young Democrats and the Democratic Party. So here I am, little Anita, <laughs> doesn't even know anything about politics, but I get to meet an incredible woman like Jenna Ozos, because the first time actually raising money and going to L.A., was a big step for me. Just being a chingona all by myself, I actually got to learn a little bit more about politics and how the whole process is done in a very smaller smaller field, but it still has a great impact in several community issues, locally, nationally, and then overall, getting people organized and getting people motivated to go out to vote. And so without Jenna, I, I really appreciate her because the first time that I was going on a trip to L.A., she helped me raise some money. And so I really want to give out a big round of applause. Woo! A shout out to Jenna. And I also wanted to go ahead and let you guys know a little bit more about Jenna and how she inspires me to become the chingona that I am today and that I would like to go ahead and be as chingona as she is right now because she is doing it, people, doing it. So here is her bio. Jenna Oz Ozos is a political director at Norel Pro-Choice Colorado and has served in that role since September 2014. She also serves proudly on the board of Emerge Colorado. Jenna started her political career as an intern for the White House Project on an Aurora Municipal race and quickly developed a love for local politics in just under a decade of time. Jenna has managed successful races up and down the ballot from the Denver School Board to one of the top targeted state Senate races in the country and delivered that district in record high numbers. In a volunteer capacity, she served as the chairwoman for the Arapahoe County Democrats before serving two years as the chairwoman of the Colorado Young Democrats statewide initiative. Born in California, her family relocated to Aurora, Colorado at a young age. She currently lives in Denver with her rescued mutt, Dingo. Interesting. Yeah, Erin huh. Brockovich is a Republican, but I... she's still like very mm-hmm. Republican but Democratic views. You know, like they're like conservatives, but with no... Like, it's like Megan Kelly, like she's she's conservative, but then she has those moments where you just you're a little bit confused by her because she does really great things, and you're like, but you believe all these terrible things, and yet you're acting on good things. I, I don't quite know yeah. how to. I just saw Aaron Brockovich listed on a panel discussion of for something. It was it was last week. I'm still. I just like I said. I just got back from vacation, so I'm still trying to adjust and. <laughs> I just deleted like 80 emails from my email account and I'm like, okay, now yes. when we're done with this, I can go and actually get a handle on what the heck is happening in the world right now. So definitely understand. But you know, taking a break is like really refreshing, especially like right after the election. I couldn't really think about the election <clears throat> because we were in Florida. So mm-hmm. I brought my car. I drove all the way to Florida. Oh, that's that's a drive. Oh yeah. <laughs> It was an adventure because we stopped by Kentucky and <laughs> 
And that. That is not that, where I want to be right now. Yes. <laughs> we walked in. Everybody had all eyes on us. <clears throat> and we're like, what did we do? And what the hell happened? Yeah. yeah. And so we went to Key West after that. But it didn't hit me about the election after. But I was just, oh, hey. And then I was like, after they burst into tears. And I was like, I worked so hard for mm-hmm. that. And I worked so hard for her to get there. And, like, going from the beginning of the campaign all the way through the DNC and then going through every campaigning and and knocking on doors and calling and making flyers and making events and getting people to volunteer as well. I have three young girls making phone calls with me. (laughs) My my niece, my niece who is nine, um, she has... Ever since the beginning of this summer, she has had on every single one of her American Girl dolls, none of their outfits are complete without a Hillary button. And she just she just loves her. And and you know, and, and and I mean I know some of it comes from the fact that, you know, she loves me and I love Hillary, so therefore, you know, and I know some of it comes from that, but at the same time I think of I think of her and how excited she was, even as a nine year old. Yeah. And you know, I'm thinking like I'm so brokenhearted, but this this will be this will be the first election she has a memory of. Yeah. And the first memory that she has no, she didn't necessarily participate in it, but the first memory that she has is the country choosing someone who brags about sexual assault, who wants to register Muslims, who wants to do all of these evil, terrible things. I mean, we could go on for hours, who mocks disabled people. I mean, that's that's her first memory. The, you know, the, the classy, educated, you know, incredibly qualified woman yeah. got beat by the absolute embodiment of white supremacy and sexism. Yeah. And it's it's horrid. But it breaks my heart that that's going to be her first yeah. memory of And of actually, elections. young people, like, even that young were politically involved. Like, how were they that young to know about politics mm-hmm. and then now to know some children even know they're going to be deported? And that's where they're just heartbroken and, like, depressed. You mm-hmm. know, like, Colorado has the highest rate of suicides. And mm-hmm. that's where we're wondering, how how can this be? And, mm-hmm. and how... Depression is going to hit people at a very higher rate and then trying to be grounded and leveled and, and have those supportive groups. Mm-hmm. And so. Well, and especially for women, I mean, you see those, you know, I mean, any, any sex assault survivor can tell you, and I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of us who can go into that category. We can, you know, it... They say he's a trigger, and it's 100% right, because the things that he's talked about doing to women have happened to have happened to me, have happened to my friends, have happened to numerous different people, and, you know, we're not only being told by the new executive, or soon-to-be new executive of our country that, you know, that he thinks that that's okay, but that there's roughly 60 million people in the country who didn't consider that a deal-breaker. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's it's traumatizing. It really is. And, you know, you've got, you've got, you know, the trans kids who are, you know, terrified of, you know, going to school, who don't quite know what to do. You've got kids exactly like you mentioned who are terrified that they're going to be deported. I mean, my friend Alejandra, she had, you know, her daughter came in crying one night. She's seven. And she says, mommy, if Trump wins, do we have to go back to Mexico? And it's just like no child should have to think like that. That's right. that's not something that should ever. 
They should be concerned about, you know, baseball cards and video games right? and whatever the heck else kids are interested in. You know, that's that's what they should be yeah. worried about. And they're worried about their immigration status. It's terrifying. Nobody should have to worry about that. And so it's just, you know, but that's what we do. We keep we fight. We keep fighting. That's that's what we do. Not not only as activists and advocates, but as women, we are used to having to we're used to having to fight for our own humanity. Yes. And that's what we're gonna keep doing. We were gonna have to do that if she was in office and we're definitely gonna have to do it even harder now. So it's it's it'll be interesting for sure. But <laughs> so we, we went we go off on tangents, so it's we will. it's easy to Don't do. Worry. So <laughs> Okay. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So like um, say your first and last name and then who you are, your title, and then a little bit about yourself and how you came about Denver, Colorado, and where you are today. Okay, that's that's quite a big question. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so Jenna Ozels, um, my parents decided to make my first name difficult to pronounce. It was like a boy named Sue kind of mentality. They figured if I had to constantly tell people how to pronounce my name, I'd learn to speak up for myself. Well, they kind of regretted that because now I can't help but continually speak up for myself and for other people. Um, but yeah, I, I was born in California, but we moved to Denver when I was like three weeks old. So I count myself as, I count myself as a native, but sometimes people get very irritated at me because they're like, no, your, your birth certificate says California. I'm like, I, I, but whatever. Um, I, I was very fortunate. My father was an airline pilot, so I was able to, uh, travel. I've, I've been to every continent except Antarctica. And I think that that travel experience is really kind of what made me such a liberal. Um, my, my father is a libertarian to the point of he's actually run for the state senate in a couple of different states now um, as a libertarian. And I thought that I was one for a very long time, but I think it was that travel and actually getting to experience other cultures and meeting other people that really made me realize, you know, the world is much bigger than 50 miles in a circle around my house. And there are so many people in the world that have different experiences and my life is not the normal. And, you know, we need to be very conscious of that. So I think that really instilled a lot of my, a lot of my beliefs, um, kind of backfired a little for him, but that's all right. Um, and so, yeah, no, I'm uh, currently the political director at NARAL Pro-Choice Colorado. Of course, we're just talking to each other as individuals today, but that is my, that is my day job. Um, and then I'm also, I serve on the board of Emerge Colorado, which, of course, you know plenty about Emerge. Um, very happy and excited to do work of getting Democrat <laughs> women elected, especially today. Uh, it's a very, very important thing. Um, I used to be the chair of the Colorado Young Democrats, have done a lot of work with a lot of young Dems organizations. I was a political consultant for about eight to nine years before I started working here. Managed a lot of races, um, Denver School Board, uh, state legislative races, um, did some field work on some issue ra issue campaigns as well, um, and before finally ending up here, which is a really great fit. So that's that's me, basically. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, she's just wonderful. <laughs> this is why I have her one of my close friends. And what do you love most about yourself? Um... I really like this question. I, when, when you sent me this question, I was like, oh, I, I don't really know how to answer this. And I'm glad you actually gave me a little bit of time to think about it. Um, I think one of the things that I, I really like is the fact that I know who I am. And I have always known who I am. I've, I've always had a very strong sense of self. And, you know, yeah, sometimes it gets questioned. We all, we all have these things that we, we end up questioning about ourselves. But I think I've been very fortunate my entire life to know who I am, 
what I stand for and what I will put up with and what I won't. Yes. And and I think that's that's something that a lot of a lot of people, but I think especially a lot of young women don't necessarily have. It's something that they have to grow into and I I grow into it stronger every single day. Um, but I think my my base level is is pretty high up there and I feel very fortunate about that. <laughs> The next question is, what would you like to learn to do really, really well? What can you do today to begin? Uh, I would like to be, I'd like to be known as someone who is inclusive. I would like to be known as someone who is constantly pulling in different people and is constantly being very conscious of having different perspectives come into the work that I do and into even into my social circles. And I, I, I would like to learn and be really, really great at always bringing in different perspectives. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how do you define, um, define your purpose in life? I mean, that's, that's a big question, yeah. uh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's kind of like asking, you know, what's the meaning of life? I don't yeah, I know. That's a, that's a really big question. Um, I mean, I would say I... So I was, I'll, I'll tell a little story beforehand if that's okay to kind of influence, influence this answer, but, um, you know, I've, I've been doing political work for a very long time. I, I ran my first campaign when I was 19 years old, um, and I, I've always kind of had a, a you know, a, I don't necessarily want to say talent, but I've always had a, a comfort in doing this kind of work, and I... When I first started out, I thought that it was really like, you know, I wanted to be C.J. Craig. I wanted to, you know, go and do the big work and, you know, have the big title. And, you know, oh, I thought yeah. that was really cool. And yeah. and I, I didn't necessarily think it really mattered to me too much exactly what I was working on. And several years ago, I worked for a candidate that was, I just, we just didn't work well together. And, you know, they're a wonderful person, but we just didn't work well together. And it was one of those, I realized in the middle of that job that when I laid my head down at night, I didn't feel like I was being my best self. I didn't feel like I was doing my best work, like I was making the best impact on the world that I could be making, and I couldn't sleep. And I think I finally realized that if I, when I lay my head down at night, do I feel like I have done everything I could do that day to make the world a better place, and that I have used the power and position that I am in to make good in the world. And if I don't feel like I'm doing that, what's the point of what I'm, of, of anything that I'm doing? What's the point? And so, you know, I feel like there's so many different circumstances and, and issues that, you know, make, make such a huge impact. And the issues that I work on are, of course, not the only thing that makes a, a big impact in the world, but I think it's about using your position in society and your position in your, in your life to, to make good and that's awesome so. that's really great you do great work Jenna like, <laughs> you do great work like flat out and the last question is what okay what do you imagine yourself doing in one year five years and ten years from now so what do you imagine yourself doing in one year five uh, years and ten <laughs> I mean I would say in one year I'm I'm i I'm very comfortable in the job that I'm doing right now, and there's there's good and bad to comfort, of course. Um, I, I will say before the election, I thought I might have been in a drastically different position a year from now. I might have 
you know, looked for another job or maybe moved to another city or done things like that. But now with the unprecedented threats that are happening against women and especially women's reproductive health care, I feel like I, I need to be where I'm at. This is, this is where I can do the most good. And, you know, we've got a lot of really exciting things that we're working on, and I want to see those to the end. And I feel like this, this is the fight where I need to be right now. Um, you know, and in five years from now, may, maybe that'll be different. Maybe I'll pick up a new fight. Maybe I'll, I'll, go, and, I'll go and do something else. I've, I've always wanted to work in prison reform. Um, there are way too many people in prison, you know, private prisons I could rail against for hours. Um, you know, prisons just in general, I, I hate, I want people out of jail. Um, you know, especially for those minor drug offenses or things like that, where people just don't need to be, um, in those positions. And it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's modern day slavery. So I, I would like to, in five years, maybe be working on another issue that I'm really, really passionate about, or, you know, maybe I'll, maybe things will really still require me to be doing this work in five years. I, I don't really know. Um, but in, in 10, I definitely think I'll probably have moved on to another issue. You gotta, you gotta keep things fresh and, and, you know, try new things. So I, I might work in prison reform in 10 years. I might, you know, go, I don't know. There might be another issue that really, really, really empowers me yeah. and I want to go and, go and work on it in 10 years. Okay. So. We need you here. We need you here, Jenna. <laughs> At least for now. But. Okay. So, I guess we can just wrap it up and do do you have anything else to say anything that you would like to tell other women that you know they're they're not feeling that great after the election what what do you think you can tell women like what they could do you know what's their next oh also are you gonna be running <laughs> to run for something here in the you know state legislature or at least County commissioner, are you? I, I, <laughs> I, I uh, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm on the Emerge board. Um, you know, one of the things that we always talk about is, you know, empowering women to, to actually run for office, and it's a, it's a central core of, of the work that we do is having people who are open to that. Um, I currently live in a district that is very high um, African American demographics, and you know, I, I don't represent. I, I would not be a proper representative of the district that I currently live in. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would do a great job, but I, I think that there are other people who can represent that community far better than I can. Um, but, you know, that being said, I, I'm going to move, and there might be other districts where I might fit I might fit the demographics of that district and I might represent it very, very well. So I'm, I'm definitely open to it. Do I have my eyes on a specific seat right now? No, but I definitely, I, I will always be open to the possibility of, of running for sure. Great. That was great. I want to thank Jenna for her time and support. It's been a journey knowing Jenna from when I first stepped into politics to following my dreams. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you again for your hard work and dedication you've given to the state of Colorado communities and fighting strong for women's rights and women reproductive rights. You're a badass chingona mujer, and I hope one day I get to see you run for governor of state of Colorado or at least become a councilwoman for Aurora to also be fighting alongside for women and women reproductive rights. Thank you so much. Also, since this is a chingona podcast and it's one of the first of many, you are going to be having access to these chingonas. And so feel free to 
feel free to ask them on a coffee date. So then you'll be able to check check them out as a person. And so also get a little bit more information, have your guidance, have that one-to-one mujer talks that you need to go ahead and make the next step on to making your dreams come true. And so also thank you for listening. If you are also an inspiring artist full of passion, hit me up. Let's do things together. And again, do what I do best, and let's get social with it. Thank you so much for listening, and hope to listen on more. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye.